Don't worry, these ramblings will not be insufferably gloomy. When I first proved unable to keep the tone light, Ozzy suggested that I be an unreliable narrator. It worked for Agatha Christie in The Murder of Roger Ackroyd, he said. In that first-person mystery novel, the nice guy narrator turns out to be the murderer of Roger Ackroyd, a fact he conceals from the reader until the end. Understand I am not a murderer. I have done nothing evil that I am concealing from you. My unreliability as a narrator has largely to do with the tense of certain verbs. Dean Kuntz, Odd Thomas. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee Esses. Yes, you heard us right. I'm Lee Esses, most definitely. <laughs> if you've been listening for any particular length of time, you might recognize my voice as Lee Esses. And I'm actually Lee Hull. But this is the perfect introduction to our topic today, which is the unreliable narrator. I recently finished reading Odd Thomas. It had been in my to-be-read pile for a while, and I'm so glad I did. The character in that particular book sees dead people. So when he talks about characters, he doesn't always know that they're dead. So that's where the unreliability of that particular context comes in. Because it's in first-person omniscient, he, as the writer, knows what was actually going on, and that's where this unreliable narrator comes into the story. Because he's lying about the tense of certain verbs, like is and was alive, those kind of things. Now, we can't really talk about the collection of novels with unreliable narrators without saying, spoiler alert, The fact that a narrator is unreliable is usually something that is revealed over time through the story as you pick up things that your narrator is trying to conceal or hide or not noticing themselves, even though they kind of are. They're just not registering it. By definition, your narrator is intentionally concealing evidence from you, the person they're telling the story to. Every once in a while, you'll have ones where they're just insane and they don't know what reality is, which are a lot of fun to write. But because you, as the reader, experience the story only through the eyes of this narrator, you are held victim to their storytelling style and the information that they want you to know or not know. So this is different from a unobservant narrator, like in the case of, say, Harry Potter where you know there's a lot more happening around Harry Potter than we ever see. He's just dense and doesn't see it, so he doesn't say it. That is a close point of view, often third person. In the case of the unreliable narrator, it is very rare that you get multiple points of views in your story. I think Gone Girl had it, but both sides were unreliable in some regard. So you as the reader get to pick out information and figure out what actually happened from the bits of information portrayed from both sides. But for the most part, having a single unreliable narrator is hard enough. The genres you'll see this used in most will be your mystery, your crime, your psychological thrillers, your horror, the things where the suspense is the key to the story. The not knowing is the key. 
like in the quote that we had, the example given was the murder of Roger Ackroyd. They're trying to solve a murder, but your narrator is concealing from you that they were the murderer. Agatha Christie had not only that one, but also Endless Night had a similar unreliable narrator structure. One of my favorite more recent examples is the Netflix show The Woman in the House Across the Street from the Girl in the Window. Now, this is a satirical take on this genre of the psychological thriller, the suspense, but the main character is a horribly obvious, unreliable narrator because of her mental stability. They establish at the very beginning she doesn't actually know what's real. And it's not helped by her repeated abuse of substances throughout the series. Another one that you might be familiar with would be Fight Club, where we think all of the characters are real, and then it turns out the whole thing is in his head. One example from the more horror side of this is The Outsider, a short story by Lovecraft, where the main character is detailing the tale of his miserable and lonely life where he's never made contact with the outside person. He's trapped inside of a building with bars on the door and he can't get out. And finally, one day he breaks out and he finds a party and everybody screams and runs. And then he finally catches himself in the mirror and he's like, oh, look at that. I'm dead. I'm the monster. One of my go-to examples in explaining the unreliable narrator is Shutter Island. There's a series of events happening at an insane asylum, and the main character is assigned to figure out who's the murderer and all of these things that have happened. It turns out he is a member of said insane asylum, and this whole thing is a part of a treatment exercise for him. And I'm very sorry about this, but I'm going to bring it up again. The Stormlight Archive. In this series by Brandon Sanderson, there is a character, Shalon Devar, who has a very dark past. And over the course of the books, she starts to peel away the layers that she has intentionally covered and made herself forget. So she is unreliable about her own past. One of the interesting theories that I found when looking all of this up was that Moby Dick was pitched as an unreliable narrator. The opening line is, call me Ishmael, which immediately, and the person who wrote this article, set off a bunch of alarms in their head. Because instead of saying, my name is, which would be the easier way to say that, call me makes it sound like that might not actually be his real name. She went on to, or he, went on to describe how a bunch of the information about whales was inaccurate for what they knew about whales at the time, and there's a bunch of fairly large question marks about the storytelling style, and she brought these up in order to defend the idea that, hey, Moby Dick might be an unreliable narrator, which paints the whole book in a completely different light. And finally, just a quick list of other examples that you may be familiar with or that you can use to look up to get a better idea of what we mean by unreliable narrator. You have The Telltale Heart by Poe, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, American Psycho, Artemis Fowl, and The Handmaid's Tale. What makes the narrator unreliable is a key element of how you tell the story. 
So there are a couple of trends that we wanted to point out if you're looking at maybe writing an unreliable narrator. These might get the juices flowing as to what makes them unreliable. One of the interesting ones that I've seen, especially if you're leaning toward young adult or even middle grade, is just the innocence of childhood. Coraline has a great example of how seeing the outside world can be completely different if you're looking at something through the eyes of a child. It's the innocence, the imagination. Another reason could simply just be insanity. Fight Club, Shutter Island, where the character is mentally unstable and doesn't know reality. Of course, a fun way to do it is the Agatha Christie slash Gone Girl, which is the narrator is intentionally hiding information from you, the reader. Or straight up lying to the reader. And of course, you can always have the drugs or hallucinations like in The Telltale Heart by Poe or the series The Woman in the House Across the Street from the Girl in the Window. That is a mouthful. (laughs) I enjoy making you say it over and over. And the last one, which I think is quite possibly the most fun and difficult to unravel as an author, would be a sort of Stockholm Syndrome, cultish mentality from your narrator. So in the example of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, the reader is not necessarily supposed to agree with the narrator that Captain Nemo is the greatest guy on the face of the planet. When you have an unreliable narrator, you're going to have some very common sub-tropes that you can use. As we've already kind of mentioned, one of those is that you're seeing the story through the eyes of madness, whether that is the drug-induced hallucinations or the insanity some kind of thing that tells you this main character is unreliable because they're off their rocker. Part of writing this unreliable narrator style is revealing the actual truth without breaking your narrator's point of view. So one of the subtropes is that Rashomon style of storytelling, where you go back and tell the exact same thing, but from a different narrator's point of view until the audience can get the full picture of what happened. So they're seeing through the eyes of different unreliable narrators because every witness to a crime, every witness to a story, sees it slightly differently. Of course, we have the lying narrator that's either they're just really confused or they're intentionally misleading the reader. And you can have the tragic hero. It's very rare that there is a happy outcome for your main character. So when your zombie is entering the party, it's not like the happily ever after is them becoming human. And that's a lot because the reality that they've known is shattering. Or the lies that they've been telling to the reader and to everyone else in the story are unraveling. And suddenly, their position as an unreliable narrator puts them at a severe disadvantage in how the rest of the story is going to play out, because it's usually not going to end well for them. TV Tropes did offer us a couple of other research topics if you wanted to dive deeper into this, and one of the subtropes that they suggested is the maybe magic, maybe mundane. This is if your narrator believes something that is too outlandish for your reader to believe. It was aliens, I promise. 
And then they go through this series of events and you, the reader, decide maybe it was aliens, maybe it was the weirdo down the street. TV Tropes also suggests the trope of you bastard, which is the narrator accusing the reader of taking joy in watching other people's misery. One of the things that you will see often in your unreliable narrators is your narrator is aware that they're narrating and therefore often talking to the audience, talking to the reader in some regard. You saw that in the quote that we had from Odd Thomas at the beginning, where he's writing down this story and he's addressing the audience with the use. So we do have a few ideas as far as how to write that unreliable narrator. First of all, it's really hard to pitch your story as an unreliable narrator because that makes the experience fun, but it also spoils the fun if you know it's an unreliable narrator to start. That's because the truth that they're an unreliable narrator, the truth that they've been concealing, is the twist at the end. That plot twist, that reveal, that makes everything kind of click into place. In the case of The Sixth Sense, the reveal, and when he recognizes what the truth actually is, is the twist at the very end. So the next time we watch that movie, front to back, it's a completely different movie. We're looking at completely different things. When you're writing these, you do need to be very intentional in your word choice, like the Moby Dick example of Call Me Ishmael versus My Name is Ishmael. It may seem like the same thing, but they have very different implications when you're seeing it as a possible unreliable narrator. And make sure your editor knows that you are an unreliable narrator in this, because something like that could be called out by an editor who's reading through it for the first time. And like, well, an easier, a cleaner way to say this would be, my name is Ishmael. Or, you know, if you're throwing out a bunch of false whale facts and your editor likes whales, they're going to point it out and go, no, this is all wrong. Another thing to keep in mind as you're writing this unreliable narrator is that crazy people don't think they're going crazy. They think they're getting saner. So in the case of the girl in the... The woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window. That one. In that case, she thinks she's utterly sane and everyone else is just missing the point. No one is believing her when she calls 911 or when she's reporting hearing sounds in her attic. So having other characters say, no, you're just going crazy. And they're like, no, everyone else in the world is crazy. I'm the sane one. You will also mostly write these within that first person single point of view. You can do a third person, but again, only within one point of view. Unless, of course, you're telling a Rashomon-style story where you do show one event from multiple different angles. Another thing I would suggest you keep in mind as you're writing this unreliable narrator is to give us half-truths instead of lies. Especially in something like this or a psychological thriller, your readers are used to seeing just the facts and then the flavor that the narrator has put on said facts. So make sure those actual facts are true 
but the flavor that's put onto it can be twisted and manipulated and changed to suit the unreliability of the narrator. If you're familiar with fae lore, you are going to be a fae when writing these. You are going to tell a bunch of truths, but in ways that conveys a different kind of meaning. You also need to keep in mind your secondary characters are the key in revealing the lies of the point of view character. It's the other people who point out no one believes him because he's a liar or no one believes her because she's constantly drunk and mixing pills that shouldn't be with alcohol. Your point of view character can do the woe is me, nobody believes me. But your reader can start to put the pieces together of, well, maybe the other people have a point. And your secondary characters are going to be especially key in that. They will also point out to each other and the first person narrator might overhear or tell the first person narrator directly, depending on the relationship they have with the narrator. Another thing that is helpful when writing this is making the character's motivations unpredictable and erratic. This is often by having the character do something so out of character, the readers can start to question the narration, not just the story. In the case of the Emperor's New Groove, he had a line that was similar to, I was a sweet and innocent emperor and they ruined my life for no reason. And that kind of points out that, wait, we're missing a lot of context here because surely they didn't ruin your life for no reason. What's going on here? And I was a sweet and innocent victim tends to, in and of itself, raise a bunch of flags. Because sweet and innocent victims don't say, I was a sweet and innocent victim. That's very true. Another way to make sure your writing of the unreliable narrator is as fleshed out as possible is to keep the actions and the actual things happening as honest as possible. But those emotions that come attached to the actions are where the lies start to sneak in. While Harry Potter isn't entirely an unreliable narrator, we do have some elements in there that are often seen in unreliable narrators. So in The Prisoner of Azkaban, we see the Grim, this black dog that keeps following him. And we also know that Sirius Black is out there and think that he's trying to kill him. And he keeps popping up, but it, the emotions attached to it are separated from the actions because once we find out at the end that the godfather is the dog then it's oh he was just following him around to make sure he was safe and to see how he was doing and not actually trying to stalk and kill him he was just checking up on him so again those actions themselves can be explained from a completely different point of view it's the emotions that make that character of harry potter unreliable we mentioned this a little bit earlier, but you will often have a fourth wall break of some kind, especially in a first person point of view story where that narrator is directly addressing the audience. They're using you and we in relation to the person reading the book. So if you want to look up how to do that, second person point of view is going to help you out there. I found it's also fairly common for your unreliable narrator to say outright, hey, I'm unreliable. In the case of Artemis Fowl, he said at least 6% of this is going to just not exist. I probably got some stuff wrong. I believe Huck Finn had something similar. 
our opener with Odd Thomas. He's like, yeah, I know I'm an unreliable narrator. I'm doing the best I can. That, of course, is not going to show up in the stories where your narrator is intentionally lying. But in cases where the unreliable narrator recognizes that they have flaws, that they have problems. So that's going to be different than the story where that reveal that they're unreliable is the twist ending. There are, of course, a handful of things to avoid. Writing an unreliable narrator is a very precarious thing. And if it's your first novel, I would suggest, unless the story absolutely needs it, Maybe get at least a handful of short stories under your belt first. It's a very difficult type of story to tell. There are a lot of things to avoid. First and foremost is the, it was all a dream cop out. It doesn't give a satisfying ending. It's annoying because we read the whole thing and go, so this didn't actually happen. Now, there are some ways that you can play that a little bit like Inception, where you have the end And now you're not entirely certain if it was all within the dream or if it was all within the reality. Also, make sure your narrator is unreliable the entire time. If they start out reliable and end up insane, we had another episode about that a couple episodes back, that descent into madness. That's where they start good and end insane or evil. In the case of the unreliable narrator, they are unreliable from the get-go. You also don't want to treat your readers like they're morons. They are smart. They will pick up on things. So don't write the story as if you're pandering to a child. One of the reasons why I say hold off until you're a little bit more experienced of a storyteller for this is that it's really easy to make yourself look like a bad writer. Those little details, if you are a really good writer, should set off little red flags in your audience's mind. If you're a bad writer, also set off red flags in your audience's mind. But what the audience does with those red flags can change of, ooh, they're crafting something interesting, or really, you just said it was this and now it's that. You're not getting your story straight when you're trying to tell me this story. All of those inconsistent details must be strategic. They must be intentional, and they have to come into play at some point in time. So if you're writing inconsistent details because you forgot or you're just new at writing and that happens, because it does, then it doesn't come into play later. Your reader is going to feel betrayed and they're going to feel let down because suddenly all those things that they might have thought were interesting were actually pointless because they didn't matter to the story. You end up putting yourself in a position of giving them a lot of accidental red herrings. Also keep in mind that your unreliable narrator is not a normal limited first or third person point of view. Outside of this trope, your main character should know everything. But inside this trope, they're actively lying or they're being misinformed or they have something that keeps them from seeing reality as it is. So the main character is deceived and the reader is deceived. There is a distinct line there that as the author of this particular plot trope, you need to tread very carefully. If you do decide to take on an unreliable narrator story, 
absolutely have fun with it. This is your chance to lie to your readers, to play with them, to mold their ideas, and then throw in some amazing twist endings. There's so much fun here. It's definitely one you'll want to plot. I'm sorry, all of my pantsers out there. We're covering a lot of things this month that require plotting. At least know where you're ending, know where that twist is. You don't have to plot every single scene, but knowing that he's dead the entire time helps you craft a story masterfully the first time around. And do have fun with it. Play with your story ideas, get unreliable narrators, whether they're lying or whether they're having reality issues, anything like that. Go out there, write, and of course, write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 